Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of In-Depth and Entwined Independent Journalism here at The Lake Show. What else do you want to know? This is your main man, Hopsy Baby Boy. Salty, how are you doing today? What's going on? I'm uh, good as you can get, I guess, uh, during these tough times, but uh, doing well apart from that. How about you? Doing very good, my man. Just um, honestly, this has just become my life now. You know, it's been about 60 days of uh, <laughs> being locked up and I don't know if we'll ever get out, so I'm just trying to embrace it and just you know live the life that's been given to me. Yeah, I think that uh, the routine, obviously the the other team was definitely broken a while back, and now I'm really getting used to this routine. So it's going to be another shift when whenever this opens up again to break this routine and open a new one. So yeah, it's kind of weird. It's, my my body's getting used to it now, and uh, my mind is too. And I don't know. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. What do you think? I just find it's like it, when all this is over and I have like one thing I need to do in a day, it'll feel like, <laughs> it'll feel like I'll be like, I don't know how I'm going to have the time to make this all work. Like this is getting hilarious. It'll be like, if I have to do like one like household chore, if I know that's yeah. going on at night. Like say you had to like, I don't know, rake the yard or something. I'll be like, oh, <laughs> when am I going to fit that in <laughs> to all I've been up to? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sleep schedule is taking a hit. It's kind of oh, yeah. erratic all over the place. But uh, I don't know. For the most part, I'm trying to keep a routine, which has been pretty hilarious <laughs> trying to do. But staying how is it? Anyways, I've actually just been um, – I was lucky. I was kind of starting – because what time? It's like what? So May 1st is usually when I start and try to start working out again. Right. And kind of get that going until the season starts. But So I started it, but obviously I'm doing it all at home. Yeah, I don't really have a lot of weight, so my old gym from back home is doing like Zoom workouts. Oh, nice! So I just go on um, at eleven o'clock. It'd be nine o'clock Calgary time because that's where all the boys are back in Calgary. But so I hop yeah, on yeah. with them at like eleven o'clock, and it kind of feels like you're back at the gym. You know, you're all yeah, it's pretty sweet. You kind of you can kind of like chirp each other and stuff. Kind of feels like you're there, and it's pretty nice. fun. So I don't know. That keeps me a lot more engaged into the workout scene i'm pretty bad like when i'm by myself like i like to work out in a group or at least definitely have a trainer like i just need that extra like i don't know you look at the guy next to you if you see him working hard you want to try to work you know as hard if not harder and that definitely you don't get that aspect when you're alone i find so 100 percent, yeah same with me and uh, two of my buddies decided uh we kind of you know put our our butts in gear and we started working out all three of us you know we can't do it every day obviously because you know different schedules and whatever and people are still kind of busy here and there but uh whenever we can i try and do it at least three or four times a week and then like you said it pushes you a little bit more and there's some days where you're not feeling it and uh one guy just sends the invite in the group chat and there you go we gotta go we gotta get jump into it so that's been pretty good you can keep them accountable and stuff i'm also on a six week nutrition and uh no booze for yeah for six weeks so that's been interesting i'm on week two right now uh it's been a decent start yeah i've been shedding weight though not gonna lie to you it's been i needed it for sure and honestly the the biggest part for me was just trying to like regulate the my schedule when i was eating i was eating way too late i don't know if you ever do that oh i'm the exact same way especially Mm. late at night yeah same here oh i'm the worst man and then i won't eat like later in the day and i feel bloated and so i try and cut that out completely cutting down to three like healthy meals no no snacks really like obviously there's some times here and there where you'll have a couple you know whatever little snack but uh it's it's pretty regimented so it's been it's been different but like i said i got nothing else to do so might as well jump into that and see if i can stay healthy during this whole stuff Absolutely. Well, you and I kind of said that we were going to do a weight loss challenge. That was going to be mm-hmm. this huge thing, nonstop content <laughs> for a month straight. And here we are. First time we've talked about it since. Um, I don't know about you. I personally haven't really been stepping on the scale much the last two weeks. I've just kind of got away from it because I found right. every day it was all I was doing. So yeah. probably since like end of April, I haven't stepped on a scale. I still think I've I got to imagine I've been cutting some weight. I've, I, I, I feel I'm pretty good, but I think... I don't know. I should definitely take the diet plan that you're looking at and implement that into my life. I started doing intermittent. I tried intermittent fasting for a couple of weeks. Yeah. I would just go, I'd st- like, I don't know. There's a bunch of different ways to do it. I would just go eating from noon till eight at night. Mm-hmm. I found that like, it was like really helpful. It was weird though. It made me not want to work out in the morning though. Like I wanted to get a meal in before I'd work out. So I'd like, true. I'd wait to work out in the afternoon, but I find it's hard. And once you're like, I own, like you said, you're eating it late at night. Like until I put that intermittent fasting in, like, you know, I would usually like not eat right away in the morning, maybe skip breakfast. And yeah, then, like, 
by the time night rolls around, like you're so hungry and then you like maybe have a big meal when you shouldn't have. And then you basically go to bed not long after and you're just sitting on it. Like exactly. Yeah. Your, your gut. So trying not to do that, but I think we should also quickly just mention, we have uh, all this workout chat right now between you and I, but we have an unreal interview today. Yeah. This is a fun one. Uh, one of the most, um, I probably the smartest guy I've come across in the AC in my five years. Um, yeah. Like, in terms of like actual like breaking it down for you, what your body's going through, you know, we we had a. I'm trying to think when that interview was. We had it obviously. This wasn't recently. This was before this whole fiasco. Yeah. Now. And this, this we've banked this interview maybe two months ago. But Caleb Maddie is now actually a professor over at Canada College, but he uh, he did a, he did go to Nipsing and he was involved with the women's basketball program and the men's hockey programs last season with uh, strength and conditioning. He's a guy that knows his stuff. And we didn't really have a plan. We just kind of like literally grabbed him by the sleeve of the shirt and pulled <laughs> yeah. him into a room and started asking him questions. And I don't even think he know, knew a microphone was on him for a little bit there. But <laughs> I think uh, we literally pulled him out of the gym. Eh? We went into the gym, just kind of gave him the finger and just said, here we go, here we go. Not the actual finger, but like, you know what I mean? Just kind of yeah. pulled him over and said, whenever you're done this, come on down. We'll uh, we'll we'll chat. And it kind of ended up really well, like you said. Like, it was a really fun interview. We learned a lot. So hopefully a lot of people learned from that. Yeah. I, and like, honestly, it, that's it's so long ago now that we had this that I honestly forget what we even talked about. So I will definitely be tuning into this interview as well because it was a fun one. I remember we were just kind of picking his brain. Big yeah. shout out to Caleb. He came on. He's such a smart guy. I'm very lucky to be involved at Nipsing with him. And I think um, some people definitely have something to get out of this interview anyways. Uh, it was one of the better ones we've had with all of Absolutely. anyways. Yeah, if you're if you're looking to you know get back in shape or just anything really, just trying to learn more about health, this is an awesome one to listen to. And uh, I'm sure Caleb wouldn't mind helping anybody out, or if you have any questions to shoot uh, towards him, he's been uh, he's been awesome for me as well. No, oh, absolutely, and definitely one of those guys that like enjoys you asking the questions, and then he can yeah. tell you the correct answer so that you know what to do. It's he's a very impressive guy, and uh, yeah, I was glad to get him on for an interview. So I, I'm looking forward definitely. to this one. This one will be good. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know, we won't go right to that. But obviously, some crazy things going on. Um, we're still pretty much sportless. Yeah, I mean, we had some UFC on the weekend. I didn't check that out. But uh, I, I, I did. I loved it. I'm not even a huge of a UFC guy. Like I'll, I'll listen to it, you know, if, if I'm at a bar or I mean, listen, I'll watch it. If I'm at a bar, whatever it's on, like I'll get into it. I know some names here and there, but I was so desperate for sports, man. And when that came on, I was on the TSN part. I was on the pay-per-view part. I just, I couldn't get enough of it. It was just so fun to, uh, to get some action. And so, yeah, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm excited. I hope they're throwing out a couple more too. And then the German soccer league's coming out. So it's starting to trickle around, but we'll see. Still excited yeah. to get some good sports in. It'll be definitely like, hope that was nice though, like seeing that there was at least something people were talking about sports-wise. Like this has been so yeah. wild because I think yesterday was the 60th day. We're recording this wow. on May 11th for anyone wondering. So what we're talking about for context, but so 60 days it's been since there's been a major, like major sporting event in North America. And the last time that that ever happened was, I think it's 1919. There was a gap from the end of the World Series. There was like 70 days until uh, the start of the NHL. And that's like, wow. that's before the NFL and NBA even existed. So that's why they yeah. weren't playing. So, yeah, it's been a long time since we've had a, 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 dr a drought of sports to this degree. So, yeah, seriously. pretty crazy. I'm not uh, looking to sound spoiled here, but I'm very spoiled my whole life, being able to watch sports and everything. So, yeah, we have. And it, just kind of bring it back to what you just mentioned. It's kind of crazy to think that the NHL was there before the NFL and the NBA. You know what I mean? Like, just because it kind of is portrayed as a little brother in the industry. It's kind of nice to, it's cool to see that it was there before. Absolutely. And you know what? We'll just, you know, just got to take it as it is right now. And I'm sure everything yeah. is going to come back, hopefully sooner than later. I mean, I don't think any of us thought we'd still be on lockdown to the degree we are. But, you know, here we are. Yeah. Trying to tell. How long do you think it's going to take until we start, like when sports get back and everything comes back normal? How long? How long do you think it takes until we uh, we forget about all this? I don't know. Like how long do we appreciate the little things? You know when like stuff starts to get back, like the UFC. Like I appreciate that so much. How long does it take until we kind of start forgetting about that? Um, it'll probably take about ten minutes. Halfway through the first period, it'll just yeah. <laughs> things are going to be back normal. People will be yelling about the lineups at bathrooms. Like, this is outrageous. <laughs> 
for six yeah. months I could go to the bathroom whenever I wanted. <laughs> um, how how weird do you think it's going to be to have like bigger sports have no fans? Yeah, that'll be hilarious. Like, I don't know if anyone pays attention to baseball, but the, the Korean baseball organization yeah. came out yeah, a couple weeks ago and they're playing in front of empty stadiums. And honestly, there's been nothing going on. So I've kind of tuned into a couple games. Nice. Hilarious. Hilarious. But I really hope that baseball gets back here soon and we can you know, start yeah. watching that. Like I, the AHL just announced today, the American Hockey League, that they canceled their season and playoffs. Yeah, I saw that. So there will be – I don't know how that works. So, you know, there will obviously be a couple AHL players that will get to be like black aces for NHL teams. So it's not going to be yeah. the for all AHL players, but, you know, they're canceling the season. I kind of assumed that, that would be coming. I still find it crazy to think that they're going to try to finish hockey, but I really hope they do. Hopefully they find a way to do so. Oh, yeah. Just got to find a way. Like people were saying like, oh, what's the point? What's the point? And if it's a safety thing, if they really don't think it's not safe enough for the athletes to be able to, to go out and do it, then fine. But if it has nothing to do with safety, man, just go and do it. Like people need a distraction right now. Like why not? You know what I mean? No, yeah. This is this is crazy. It is really crazy. But yeah. kind of some in news that just came out today to uh, speaking about l- leagues that will affect us. Uh, Canada West announced revised 2020-2021 sports formats, which are, have been approved by U Sports. So I'm sure the OUA and Atlantic conferences are going to be paying close mind to this. But this is interesting. Um, we don't have a. I'll just go down the list of what it's looking like uh, for everyone. They're trying to go less games, so meaning less travel. You know, less chance of us. You know, spreading ourselves spreading. around, spreading whatever around. So. This gotcha. is tentatively what they've announced through the Can West. So for fall sports, men's football, there's six teams in the Can West. So they're only going to do five games per team for football. So one game wow. for each team. Men's soccer in the West, they have 13 teams. The regular season is going to take 10 games per team <laughs> for the two divisions. Women's soccer is doing the same thing as well. 10 games per team out West. Their divisions will line up differently than the men's. But women's rugby, they're doing uh, four games Women's field hockey is doing eight games. And then into the fall and winter sports, women's and men's hockey are both going to 20-game seasons next year. And um, men's and women's basketball is going to play 16 games per season. And men's and women's volleyball are doing 16 games as well. And then championship sports, those will all be planned in um, the future. You know, that'll be like cross-country, golf, curling, track and field, all those. So... Yeah, so that's some big news. I thought, big. You know, honestly, I don't know. For myself, that kind of makes me kind of bummed out. Like a 20-game hockey season kind of sucks, personally, if mm-hmm. you want me to be honest. But with these uh, trying times, I think uh, just being able to play will be enough for many. Definitely. I think it's interesting because from the soccer perspective, we've been fighting that our schedule – usually is it's pretty packed because we play the back-to-back right like obviously you guys do too mm-hmm. and um it, it gives a pretty big disadvantage to sometimes to the smaller schools just because they have a smaller roster you know like some guys some teams may have 13 14 guys that can really play at that level some guys maybe have some teams maybe have 25 right so the back-to-back maybe if they're only playing 10 games could help some some teams and it obviously will help some bodies because playing back-to-back 90s is, is a task and a half i don't know if it's the same for hockey i'm sure it's the same for you guys but um yeah it'll be interesting to see how how much of an impact that has on seasons on different teams and stuff and if that translates towards the oua as well not just can west oh i'm sure that um you know they're obviously all the other leagues will be keeping a keen eye on this uh schedule release so who knows what will happen i'm sure they announced too that this is just revised for next season that these changes are only aimed at the coming season next year like they're not going to stick is not the plan these are directly changed to mitigate the impacts of the covid 19 <laughs> yeah so good old covid yeah brutal but you know yeah. I, I also heard i have a couple of friends that play in europe uh professional hockey and they were talking about how their leagues have already reached out to them and talked about a potential november one start date which is pretty late because a lot of european leagues they start way before north america and they have season games going literally like september 1st even like late august sometimes yeah so that's kind of a interesting big change and that you know that kind of obviously affects a lot of athletes you know a lot of us are starting to train and you know we're looking at some of us might have an eight six to eight month off season instead of a four or five that we are used to so you know yeah. it's, it's going to be different but i guess we all just got to you know take care of ourselves and, and be thankful when the time comes out. Maybe we get some normality back in our lives. 
Yeah, I think that's the hardest part about, well, not maybe not the hardest part, but one of the hardest parts about this whole thing is the uncertainty, right? Like a lot of people, you just hear like, oh, like whenever we get the chance, like hopefully when this comes out or, you know, words like that, like where you, we don't really know when this is all going to happen or stop. And, you know, there's, there's, it seems to be a light at the end of the tunnel because um, things are starting to slowly open up at the same time. You know, big gatherings aren't going to be back. Big concerts have been shut down. Um, you know, attending sporting events have been shut down for a while. So it's it's really going to be interesting to see when this all starts to to unravel because things are going to open up. Maybe they shut back down. It's 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 really a trying time for a lot of people. Oh, it is. It's crazy. And then I think we also got to like sooner than later, this has got to wrap up before every single person on the computer becomes a vlogger, or a vlogger <laughs> of some sort. I don't know what it is. Like, I know we're all going crazy, but just everyone's just starting to like film their entire days and just put it on <laughs> yeah. social media. It's just so hilarious. Oh, the vlogs, the TikToks, everything, man. People are buzzing on those things. Sometimes it's the only way. Like they're trying to take all the creativity from their normal days and put into a 10 second video. TikTok is absolutely blowing up right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know who, if anyone's listening here, if you're into TikTok or not. Unfortunately, I have one. I've been watching them pretty steady during this time because you know just trying to stay busy but i couldn't believe like i don't listen to a lot of top 40 radio but it was on the other day and i'm not joking i think every single song that's on the top 40 right now is straight from tiktok <laughs> yeah so we were talking about that earlier it's you're so true because they're so catchy right like and if you hear them over and over again and you mimic them with different videos and man your brain starts to click it's nuts how you know it started with uh like just how social media built into different types of industries in our world. And now it's into music. It's just, it's so crazy. And then I, I just find it's because you're only getting like a little tidbit of that song, but you know, you, True. you hear that and all of a sudden you, you somehow know the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever catch yourself like listening to the actual full song? You're like, ah, it's not as good as the TikTok version of it. I think the, a lot of those songs, I probably don't need four minutes of it. Like the 20, <laughs> 20 seconds of me like banging my head to it's probably all I need personally. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I don't um, know. Hilarious yeah. application, anyways. Oh, yeah, definitely. It is entertaining. I'll give them that. But before we uh, we send it over to the interview, I just want to put out a little something here from Nusu. They put out uh, live in concert. I uh, was able to reach out to Nusu and kind of get a, a glimpse of what they're doing. They said they've um, partnered with COCA, which is Canadian Organization of Campus Activities. And there's 14 other schools across Canada that are doing this too. And um, it's going to be a concert with, we got Scott Hellman, June Aid, Tim Hicks, um, Sarah Gianni from Walk Off the Earth, and Josh Ramsey from Mariana's Trench. There's some pretty big names out there. And they're going to be doing concerts, I guess, I'm assuming through the, obviously through the internet. Uh, and then, Nusu also posted a couple of things where if you like to post, tag a couple of friends and share it on your social media, you might be able to get a, a virtual meet and greet with some of these with some of these uh, performers. So that'd be pretty sweet. So just kind of putting that out there and saying thanks to Nusu. We're still working hard and still trying to find a way to entertain and uh, keep the, the campus life up there, even though we can't really be at, on campus. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge shout out to Nusu. So if you're not busy, make sure you tune in. But uh, absolutely. what do you think? Should we just toss it right over to Caleb then right now? Yeah, let's do it. This is a fun one. Let's try and uh, yeah, throw it over. Absolutely. Back with another bursting interview at the seams. And here we are again, live and on location at the Robert J. Surtees Athletic Center with none other than Caleb Maddie himself, the head strength and conditioning coach of the women's basketball team, women's volleyball team. And he helped out with the fitness testing with the men's hockey team as well. Caleb, welcome to the Lake Show. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. So how did this all come about? What's your background? Uh, I, well, I know what it is, but if you want to tell everybody listening what your background is and kind of how you got into this. Yeah. So I guess started BPHE at Nipissing and got into, I like biomechanics and ex-phys, so exercise physiology. Um, did my honors thesis in fourth year in that ex-phys lab. Enjoyed that. Decided to pursue my master's while also getting involved with teams. And there's some certifications for strength conditioning that you can't write until you're done your undergrad. So did that uh, after I graduated. At the same time, I got level one NCCP for weightlifting. And then that kind of all tied in well together to work with the teams. I started working with the teams. Um, got through 80-ish percent of my master's degree before. I, I wasn't going to apply to jobs until I was done um the thesis and I was right. at least going back and forth with supervisors because uh, that process can get strenuous and there's a lot of attention to detail that has to happen there. So I wanted to have a lot of time for that. Um, but there's a position that came out at Canador that I couldn't not apply to. That's a professor of strength and sport conditioning. 
in the School of Sport and Recreation. So after that came up, I got an interview and then kind of threw the thesis aside for a little bit, yeah. hammered away at that, that interview process, and then I eventually got that position. So I've been there for a semester and a bit now. How does it feel to be a professor? I feel like they're pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> you're technically still a student, but you're also a professor. Like, how does that go down? How is the transition from being a student to professor? Yeah, it's it's weird because I still feel like myself, you know, right. but some some people will have a different perspective when I talk to them about certain things, like not necessarily putting me on a pedestal, but look at me with a little bit of a higher regard, but I still feel like I'm still a student, like I'm still mm. not done that chapter, even though it's really close to being finished, uh, still not quite done. Working with students there, I talk to them about the thesis process a little bit outside of class, but... Um, that dynamic there is a lot different than what I have at Nipissing. Yeah, fair. I don't know. What's that master's? What's the thesis about too? Like, what's your kind of main focus on when you're talking about like a physical education or yeah. physical activity? Sorry. So we were looking at the change in muscle oxygenation and how that people respond to uh, sessions of low load squats. So we had participants come in for 15 sessions. So they were pretty involved in the process. Mm. They came in 15 times over six weeks ish. They did four sets of squats each time they came in at 20% of their max. So if you squat, like you can recognize it's really light. So they do a set of 30. For your harps or- yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> they do a set of 30, um, 30 seconds rest, and then three sets of 20, all with 30 seconds rest. And to manipulate the, the blood flow to their limbs, they're either in a control group, so there's no manipulation. They're in blood flow restricted, so they're like little blood pressure cuffs that go on the top of their thighs and we inflate them. Wow. Or they're hypoxic, so they breathe through a mask and they breathe in less oxygenated air. So if they're blood flow restricted, just their lower limbs are restricted because there's less blood flow and less oxygenated blood flowing to those limbs. If they're hypoxic, their whole body has less oxygen flowing through it. So regardless, there's less oxygen availability mm. for that muscle to use while they're doing a lot of low load squats. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That'd be interesting to do, actually. That'd be fun to be part of. Um, so what is that like what does that really capture then is like you always see these guys like i I have to ask this question like you see guys like doing like the you know they're wearing the mask on their face like does that really have a benefit then like we're cutting yourself off from oxygen is that like i always heard you get more red blood cells or something like that it's supposed to like emulate training elevation or something like is that essentially what your thesis was kind of like squashing or investigating those the altitude masks that people put on and they restrict blood flow um that's a contentious topic because because you're restricting blood flow you're still inhaling the same percentage of oxygen as everybody else you're just requiring more muscle to get that into your lungs because it's restricted (laughs) it's not actually hypoxic so you're working out your you're just like you're working out your diaphragm you're breathing in you're breathing in heavier Yes. That's all you're doing? Yeah. So the research on that suggests that if you were to do that in its own training session, then you'd make more benefits from it because you do need that musculature when you're running, for example. And if you can be more efficient with your diaphragm, then you can be better in whatever exercise you're doing. So that's fine to use, but it should be used as a separate session. Because if you use that in the same session that you're trying to squat, for example, you're going to limit your squats because you're going to be going to be trying to breathe through a restricted yeah. device. Your brain is focusing on your diaphragm yeah. at the same time as working on the Yeah, the so the masks more. that we use, you can inhale as much as you like, but that air that you're inhaling physically has less oxygen in it because it's diluted with nitrogen. Wow. That's yeah. pretty interesting. That is interesting. Any other myth we should try and bust with, uh, <laughs> with Caleb so, here? So you said you had fit, and you had your like, I guess you call them test subjects or whatever. You had your, like for fifteen sessions. Is that what you said? So that they came in eighteen times total, but yeah. fifteen times they were squatting. They did an experimental testing session before and after that we did ten rep max for the back squat. They did a Wingate test where you cycle on the bike for as hard as you can for thirty Brutal. seconds, mm-hmm. and the resistance is fixed to a percentage of your body weight. Um, and then we did something called isometric maximal voluntary contraction of their, their right quad. So they go in this custom chair, and then we have a force transducer that measures how much force they're producing with that knee extension. And we have EMGs on their quads to measure their electrical activity to see if that changes from beginning to end. This is wild. This is cool, yeah. <laughs> and this all went down when you were in the phys ed program. That was the this MSc program. MSc. So that's my uh, master's of master's. science and kinesiology thesis. There's a lot of cool stuff that goes on in those labs, man. When you go mm-hmm. in, like, I've just, if, like, if anybody's listening to it and you haven't participated in one of them, you should, like, go out there and try and do it because you just learn by doing as well, right? Like, I did a couple other studies. Yeah. I just learned a bunch just being around the lab and talking to people. That, mm-hmm. Like, if I saw Caleb working on his, I'd ask him about certain stuff. Yeah, that's sweet. There's a lot of, like, really interesting stuff happening. And, uh, 
Um, yeah, is there anything else that, uh, that's happening in the, in the lab right now that you would know about that's kind of going down? Any cool studies? Or? Um, well, I haven't been in the lab since August consistently because right. yeah, I've right. been at – I work at Commerce Court, so we're at a different campus, so I'm mm-hmm. not around as often. Um, when I'm here, I'm mostly in the gym with athletes. Yeah. Um, I saw Scott's got his uh, lacrosse stuff going yeah, on in that. biomechanics, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And Upstairs with the group dynamics lab, they seem to be pretty busy as well, and so that's good. Involved nice. in the yeah. community and helping out others. It's awesome that's a, that can that's happening here. Yeah. That's pretty crazy technology they're using. I see some of like you know the clips and stories people post from there, and it's wild. Yeah, absolutely. and that sounds really cool what you're doing. But I just had a question to ask for you. So you obviously had a, a you know a big love for the fitness industry and you know all this stuff, nutrition and whatnot. How is that, you know, coming in now, you know, running two strength and conditioning programs for two teams? Like, how is that? Like, you know, you're applying your knowledge, but then you're also bringing it now to players and you got people involved and whatnot. And you know, not, not emotions, but like, you know, you're kind of managing people too. You're not just managing, you know, like a fitness program. So how is that? And is that something that like, now that, you know, your thesis is kind of winding down, like what's the future hold for you? Is that a direction you want to go, you know, keep kind of working with teams or do you kind of want to, I don't know, maybe keep going the research way or whatever you're going, I guess. Yeah. Um, talking a little bit about the transition from school to working, understanding like the theory behind strength and conditioning or different types of, of lifts or why you do certain things and all that is fantastic. But eventually when you work with people, you realize there's this art aspect to it as well. And you can know all of this science, mm-hmm. but regardless, you have to be able to convince Salty to do X, Y, or Z, mm-hmm. right? So you have to do it, you have to buy into it, and you have to do it well. Um, it's my job not to only know how that's done, but how do I get you to do that as well? And so with different people, you have to take slightly different approaches sometimes. And yeah. that aspect of it is interesting, but it's a consistent challenge, right? It's definitely interesting because especially now in, in the day and age where I feel like everybody thinks you know everything about exercise, right? Everybody, you can read up on anything, there's articles everywhere. So they, everybody kind of has their own perspective on it. Is it hard? Like, I know it's kind of asking the same question. Is it hard trying to convince people like, this is like, I studied this. I know what I'm talking about. I want to do this, this, and this because of that. Or like, do you get a lot of feedback from, from athletes as well? How does that go down? Um, at the beginning, sometimes there'll be some apprehension, especially if what you have to say is different than somebody else. Right. If typically, if I were to explain something and somebody picks it up and they do it and they feel the difference and they make progress, that's instant buy-in. Yeah. So, and it was the same thing with my students. Maybe I'm quite young for a professor at Canada College, but maybe a quarter of my students are older than I am. They're like, oh, who's this guy going to teach us both strength and conditioning? We come in, um, we, we do a couple classes, and then the, there's no more question. Like, Yeah, just earn your respect through yeah. your knowledge and kind of how you're, yeah. you're instructing we, stuff. We do it, and then I was there. Like, I feel like I'm there for a reason. Like, went through yeah. the process and was successful. We have classes that are successful, and mm-hmm. everybody starts to make a little progress. And as soon as somebody feels like they make progress physically, then it's just buy-in. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, I don't know, maybe mixing my own perspective in it because I have worked with Caleb a little bit, like I said, through his involvement with the hockey team. But I have I take working out pretty seriously, I think, and I always have. And I've had a lot of different trainers and stuff. But, like, I kind of just want to reiterate what he was saying. When working with Caleb, like, he's not one of those guys that's, like, a trainer that's, like, going to motivate you through, like, yelling at you and, like, getting in your ear and in your face. Like, some people want that and some people need that. But Caleb is a guy that you just instantly go to him with a question and he'll give you the exact information of why that's helpful, why it's not helpful, and what it can do for you and how you can do it. And I just found, like, instant buy-in for myself, mm-hmm. too. Like, a guy like Caleb that can just be so, like, he really does portray, I feel like, the information he knows on you. And I feel like you saying with everyone knowing so much about fitness Everybody now because we all have an iPhone yeah. and Google stuff. Like, I feel like, I don't know, you give Caleb 30 seconds of your time and you're going to kind of listen to him. You're like, yeah, this guy's not telling me. <laughs> BuzzFeed articles. Yeah. About how to get a six pack in 60 days. Yeah. Like, this guy is telling me like stuff that's going to help me and, and, and it's backed by what he knows. And yeah. I think it's quite impressive. So not to just take that off the window, but I just had to say, yeah. hit the nail on the head. I think what you were saying, I think like if someone was to be older than you or be like, oh, look at this guy. No, but like, you talk to you guy for 30 seconds, you're yeah. going to understand how much you do know about sports. But a what question, you, sorry, a question I really like to ask too is like, um, you know, working with athletes and then working with just like regular, like just general population, do you see a big difference there as well? Is there like a, like a massive difference or pretty much the same? Um, there's a pretty big difference from my experience. I've worked more with athletes than, than general population. And typically the athletes that I've worked with are also university level students. So sure. they're 
intelligent individuals that are also competitive in their athletics that they've been doing for a given amount of time. So they're they're driven typically to do well, either for their personal competition with themselves, their competition that they have with the team for ice time, for playing time, for court time, for whatever. Um, and then they'll have that competition with other teams as well. So there are multiple layers of competition that they have within themselves to be better. Uh, general population doesn't always have the same motivation. Not that they don't have motivation, just a lot of the times it's it's different mm-hmm. or they might know how to push themselves differently than somebody who pushes them, themselves to a high level of athletics does. Um, for example, if you you might push yourself really hard in hockey and might not necessarily be able to do the same thing in the weight room, but with a little bit of change of perspective, you still know how to work hard. There's some people that don't work hard in the general population and they think they do when they get to the gym mm-hmm. and it's a harsh reality at times. Yeah. <laughs> but once they get to learn to work hard, then like that cracks the ceiling, right? Yeah. And then they're gone. <laughs> sure. And then they're hooked. They'll do it forever. I guess that's just kind of like any general motivation. I think yeah. in what, going back to what you said earlier, I can kind of, this is X, Y, Z. It's kind of telling them, you know, they don't have the same life experience as people that played athletes. You know, it's easy to want to work out when you have like a reason to work out. I personally think it's gonna be a lot harder for myself to work out once I'm done playing hockey I can guarantee you that so I don't know it's kind of one of those things like mm-hmm. motivation you don't got to be up at 6 a.m. every day running around so why would you I guess is what I'm saying I don't know but I feel like x y and z you say like you just kind of like portraying your information to the general public is the same way I feel like as an athlete obviously different variables make them want to work hard and whatnot but is what it is I guess yeah. what's the classic question you should get from someone like when you just want you know people know you're you're a professor now and you're working in the, in the uh, industry and stuff like that what's the classic question you get around from people like they want to work out or start working out um, so most of the questions I'll get will be from people that, that know me like, mm. if you know me my personality is not like this massive big individual that when I walk into the room like I take it uh, so most questions will come from my students or other athletes or, or people that I know or they'll come through those people right. so uh, it's typically related to movements or movement patterns or what's ideal for, for this. The most recent one was if I change my foot position on the leg press, like do I get more muscle activation here or here? Well, if, if you have an ideal foot position, you put more weight on the leg press, you'll get more results than if you worry about where your feet are going. But yeah, like, sure. regardless, cool. it's... Little things like that you don't think about. Endless questions, I'm sure, for Caleb. Picking the brain of the master (laughs) mind. Uh, This is a hilarious question, and I don't know if I should even ask it. But um, from from your experience, like from what you see at the level of varsity athletics, you know, here at Nipissing, do you think like the general public is in shape to what you would think are like game standards in like the modern day of sport? Or do you find like as, I don't know, a trainer that you could see like, I don't know, a lot of work that a lot of athletes don't even know that they need to work on, I guess? Um, tough question. The athletes are here for their competitive season, basically. Few athletes, you have that off season to work with them and really dial into those little things that would be really beneficial. You can do it via online programming, which we do when athletes are at a distance, but it's not quite the same. And you can get video feedback, but if I get a video sent to me, I might be able to get that feedback back to you for the next session, and we can't have three, four, five breakthroughs in a session. We can have one per session if you send me the right video and I give you the right feedback. True. So um, it's harder. They're here for the competitive season, which also means they have less times in a week to work out. Mm -hmm. So they have that, and we can't push as hard because they're here to play a sport, so that's obviously priority number one. Yeah. Priority after that, um, well, education is obviously in there too because they're student-athletes, not athlete-students. And then after that, they fit in strength and conditioning. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to add to that question too, if there was like one part of physical activity that are like the athletes these days, not even here at school, just in, in general, that are missing, what would it be? Um, from the mental side of things, pushing themselves – harder safely uh, a lot of there are two camps for the most part that athletes will typically fit into one or the other that they'll, they'll push 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 and care more about a number and care a little bit less about technique and they just want to push as hard as they can and in that pushing as hard as they can they don't consider how the movement should be and then there's the other camp that's uh, really studious like i need this movement to be sp- specific it needs to be perfect i need to get this down pat but uh, they don't necessarily push themselves as hard in the weight. So we have the working smarter or working harder, but you need to work smart and hard. Trying to find a happy middle, yeah. yeah.
you need to do both, like not necessarily the, the middle, but first you need to work smart so you're not getting hurt and you have everything balanced and then you gotta bust. And you gotta work hard. Cool. That's not bad. Yeah. I have this is like I've had a lot of discussion about this with guys like when when I was playing over the years and like just I find varsity sports, especially if you're talking about hockey, it's a very unique schedule. Like obviously you're mixing in school to help your practices and whatnot, and you know, you got stuff going on, but you know, you're probably only playing on the weekend. You know, and I don't know, like that was something that was totally unique to me. I felt like coming from like playing every other day and whatnot. But then, you know, you go through this long season, this stretch of six months, and you know, you've trained your bag off all summer. So you come in, you feel like the Hulk. You know, you should, maybe you shred your <laughs> fitness test. You're yeah. feeling really good. But I found the biggest battle about playing at this level of athletics, and you're, you know, you're trying to stay competitive and you want to stay in shape, is maintaining that shape through season is so hard. I find in, in university, and I don't something that I feel like. We don't really talk about it. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, but come February, you know, get your strides in in <laughs> September because come February, you're going to feel like you're dragging a piano around. Like, I don't want to feel like that. But then yeah. I've always had discussions with guys that took working out seriously, like work out hard Monday, Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, but then, you know, maybe you work out three days in a row hard and then you're burnt out in the weekend and then you only work out Monday because you feel like you're burnt out and then you feel like you got no jam on the weekend. Like, I felt like it was just like a – like kind of like a hard struggle that I've always had this conversation with guys and like something that I feel like we don't really talk about enough on like how to feel as good as we can because I feel like at this level of athletics you have all week to prepare and you have two games in the weekend like mm. you should be feeling pretty money by the time the weekend rolls around and just making that happen like is it more like maintenance with you or like can you still like because I everyone wants to train here this is a very long-winded question <laughs> but like I guess, like, what is your thoughts on that? I guess, like, some guys are trying to, you know, put on muscle and, you know, or lose weight during the midseason, or is it more just about maintenance? Like, how do you stay, like, at that level that you find from, like, training hard all summer that you... Um, research would suggest maintenance is in-season because you can't... It, it's hard to push because you have that much less frequency volume, and it's really focused on that performance in-game because that's mm -hmm. what you're here as an athlete for. Um but regardless, uh, from a strength and conditioning perspective, you have to push like you're going to make progress no matter what. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't necessarily advocate like, oh, we're in season, this is just maintenance. The, we only have two workouts a week, but you should be in there going as hard as you can to get better with those two workouts. Mm -hmm. And if you can, like, that's perfect. And if you're doing that and all you're doing is maintaining, then so be it. Like, mm -hmm. You gotta play games on the weekend still. We can't cut a game to get a workout in. So would yeah. you say that if you're going in there and kind of just going through the stride and stuff, you could, that's when you start losing a bit of what you're doing? Like you have to keep up that intensity for those two or three workouts a week to be able to at least maintain? Like was that kind of what you're saying? Um, what do you think? Yeah, some people will be able to improve by doing that. Yeah. You have to also consider that your schedule, when you get from the off-season, in-season, includes sitting for however long a day in mm -hmm. class. Then you have your practices. Um, you probably don't have too much time for mobility in Diet between all that stuff after you've sat for six hours. Yeah. you got to find time to eat somewhere. You're probably eating better mm -hmm. in the summer, do more like physical activity outside of lifting as well so you have your practice you're trying to relax and be social at the same time mm -hmm. good luck you yeah. have so much on your plate like something's got to give it's true for the most of the time it has to do with uh, a workout or nutrition because people feel like they're busting on the weekend too because they're playing games or traveling they don't have the same social life and it's university it's that time mm -hmm. of their life right true. so delicate balance tough, tough it balance. is yeah. Yeah. it is and it ultimately lands on you know what you prioritize yeah. what you care yeah. more about at the end of the that's what it comes down to at the end of the day so something like you said is going to take the brunt of it and hopefully it's not your gains <laughs> yeah. i'm still gonna hate that word i hate when people say that yeah is there any cliches that you just can't stand to like in the gym and stuff or anything that comes to mind grind uh, yeah. I, I don't like muscle memory Oh really? Okay. Yeah. I hate. That's muscle interesting. Memory. I've heard that a lot, and there's a lot of professors that I've God. had to that agree with that. But like, is is would it you real? Say it's not a thing. Like, is that would you? So you, you have motor patterns that are practiced and ingrained in your brain. So the remembering those patterns and having like effective patterns, and that's exactly what they are. Like neuromuscular patterns. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. But your muscles aren't remembering anything. Your brain remembers the coordination of your muscles. Okay. So when people talk about muscle memory, like that's it's what they mean, and the concept is there. Yeah. But the fact of muscle memory, like I, I just can't 
<laughs> Shake it. I don't know why. I just get fired up about muscle memory. So it's not uh, real. Muscles don't remember anything. What you're saying is your brain remembers the muscles, but your muscles don't remember. Yeah. Your brain remembers the order of muscle recruitment for whatever movement you're doing. Right. And so that's what practice is, right? And so you practice like a skating strider, you practice like a squat or a snatch, clean and jerk, whatever, and you build movement patterns. And when you try and change your technique, you're trying to change a movement pattern. That's really interesting. Yeah, but it's not. So we need like a new saying for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. what should the saying be then? Muscle patterns. Muscle pattern memory. <laughs> there you go. Brain muscle memory. <laughs> we'll work on muscle it. Muscle brain memory. We'll, we'll trademark it. Neuromuscular activation. We'll go to the drawing there board and we'll, yeah. we'll find something. <laughs> we'll find it. We're going to scrap the old one. <laughs> Here's one I like to talk about though. It's one that um, is big and it's kind of controversial as well is the ice bath. Thoughts on the ice bath? Because I know I've had professors kind of all over the place on that one. And from what I've gathered is that it kind of depends on the person. Some It might be a mind thing. And so what, I kind of want to pick your brain about that. Um, exactly as you said, depending on the person. From my experience, if you look at research, it, it's probably not helping increase your performance. If you have two really close competitions back to back, then maybe you're taking an ice bath after that first one. Unless somebody feels that taking that ice bath midweek or, or whatever is improving their performance. If they believe that, it probably is. True. So when you talk about like depending on the person, it's probably how that person feels or what they think that ice bath is gonna do for their performance. Like a placebo so, effect almost. Yeah, so if it, it is a placebo effect, but placebo effect is still an effect, effect right? right? Yeah. And sure. ultimately, like, that's what you want. It's like so. routine. You hear a lot of like hockey guys, or when we had uh, Dave yeah. come on and talk about his routine, like how that helped him. But if he believes it helps him, then yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's like factor. sports psychology. Yeah. Like all these superstitions. Like who's to say that they actually work? But if mm -hmm. they make, if they get you out of your game and they get you out of the zone because you're not doing those rituals, like maybe they are working. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's yeah. make believe or not. Like, and maybe this is great because I'm a huge ice bath advocate and they work. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, I, I swear it's not, it's science based. I, there's gotta be some science in there. No, it works for me. I, I like it personally. And I you know what I clicked on one of those ads once on, I didn't unfortunately go to school for nutrition, but I found my nutritional information online on Google. <laughs> I clicked on something and apparently you lose a lot of weight from taking them. So there you have it. Bingo. <laughs> There you, you want that it. six pack? Get in the ice. There you bath. go. <laughs> Sixty day six pack in the tub with Harpsy. Swipe up. No. Yeah. Um, selling program. Yeah. yeah. I'm starting to sell my own. Yeah. yeah. I have one last question here. Um, one that's always kind of not another touchy subject, but something that comes up a lot when it comes to physical activity is the pre-workout, post-workout, all the stuff that you can buy, kind of the GNC stuff. Like, what are your thoughts yeah. on that? And is it needed? Is it over, um, like sold? Like, how? Where, where is it for that? Yeah. That, that is touchy. Yeah. I don't know if you, if you don't want to touch yeah. on it, it's all good. Yeah. Um, so the supplements that you buy in a supplement store aren't regulated the same way that you're buying groceries. So their labels aren't necessarily, uh, they don't have to be as accurate right. as you do in a grocery store or like the LCBO, those are all regulated to a specific percentage of accuracy. The supplements aren't the same. So, and, and that's why the uh, OUA athletes have to go through this this process. I forget what the exact websites are, but you have to go through these specific regulations to understand like if you take supplements, you can be at risk because you can take a protein that they fortify with like, who knows what, pseudoephedrine, and then now you pop and you're positive. You test positive on tests because you had Tylenol cold and sinus and you didn't yeah. read the NSA whatever. The CCES, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah. The Canadian the Center Canadian of Ethical Sports. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It happens even so, in pro leagues too. Like you see guys going down with like minimal, minimal amounts of. Mm -hmm. Remember, yeah, Backstrom. Remember that? Yeah. What if you Nate, get, uh, if you like, took like a cold pill and yeah. or something like Nate that? Smith, Nate Schmidt, Nate Schmidt, thing. Yeah. yeah. A couple. Of you took like an allergy pill, Claritin. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah. So I'd be cautious if you're doing anything that is tested for competition. If, if you're taking something and you feel as though it works, that's fine. Like, hmm. Probably be cautious, like stacking a whole bunch of things that you yeah. don't necessarily know what's in each of them. So you're probably increasing your risk if you take a whole bunch of things and don't necessarily know how sure. they're going to interact with one another because you don't necessarily know what's in them. Yeah, I, I find it so wild that supplements aren't better regulated. Like wouldn't you think like these health products that are basically like a blended up concoction potion would be somewhat regulated so there's not 
steroids in it and make me gonna like there there are some so there's a website i'm not this is not a plug um you can go on it if you want or don't. no free ads. i'm not free ads. i'm not making any money um so there's labdoor.com you go on this website it's american so it's an fda approved lab but it's not affiliated with uh the supplements so they, they buy a supplement off the shelf and then they'll test it and it'll tell you label accuracy of that supplement hmm. and so there there's one uh, pre-workout that they tested of their 45 or however many they took off the store shelves and it was like one molecule away from a methamphetamine wow yeah, it's insane you could buy it off the shelf and it was like, <laughs> no wonder the boys are flying yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> Holy. Well, yeah, maybe you should do a little research. Maybe hit that labdoor.com. Yes. <laughs> hit it hard. Wait, yeah. you, only, you only get the American supplements on that, right? Because right. you don't get yeah. any of the Canadian stuff. Yeah. Uh, going back to what you're talking about, the things that uh, grind my gears in the fitness industry, the rep ranges. So if you, the typical, like, if you go um, two to four for power, two to six for power, if you go anything less than um, six for strength and if you want hypertrophy, you need between 6 and 12. And if you're going for muscular endurance, then depending on your fitness level, then you're going like 12 plus, 12 to 20. And if you go above that, like, put some more weight on. Um, but if you are focusing on muscular endurance or hypertrophy or strength, it's not that that rep range won't also give you hypertrophy, strength, or endurance. Hmm. Because it's all resistance training, right? But variation is valuable. So if I do sets of five for months on end eventually the rate of my increases is going to slow down mm -hmm. so eventually i should change it but changing it to uh, eight doesn't mean that i'm going to get less strong because now i'm in the quote-unquote hypertrophy range hmm. so cool. um that, that's one of the things that the research lags behind practice a little bit and it kind of It'll always work that way because there'll be things that come up in practice that people try and then they'll verify it with research. And this is kind of how the blood flow restriction stuff started. It started with, uh, they're like tensor like straps that people would put, or knee wraps, you know, knee wraps yeah, that yeah, are kind yeah. of like elastics or like tensor mm -hmm. straps too. People started putting them on the top of their legs and they use that as like blood flow restriction. And they didn't even know if it was restricting blood flow or not. Hmm. But then this all blows up so that if you can train with a low load and still get the same muscular response and have less tension on your bones, like that could be good for rehabilitation, right? Mm -hmm. Or somebody who's just starting weightlifting, for example. So that's why there's guys tying stuff tight around the top of their thighs when they're getting in there. Is that what's going on? Is that what you're talking about? I've seen guys do that. And yeah, it's like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know what's going on over there. <laughs> Let it happen. Yeah. I'm going to do my own, I'm going to do my own thing here. Yeah. <laughs> They, they might be blood flow restricting, yeah. We could. We, well, they're restricting something. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> um, this is a question I had for you, and it has no – and in no way is this related to a personal question that I might want to know. Asking for a friend. But, like, yeah. is it realistic, like, again, like, to say you're going, you're like, oh, I want to lose some weight this, you know, this season, you know, maybe I'm playing a little heavy, got to lose a couple LBs here. Is it, you know, without massively changing your diet and workout plan, like, can you still, like, lose weight – but keep your muscle and stay strong and like at the same time, you know, hit the bike and you'll get your conditioning in and whatnot, but still feel good with, while dropping, you know, a couple pounds while, you know, mid-season. Is that possible? Yeah. And this is another thing that the research kind of pulls back on reality. If, if you believe that you can increase your strength and you're going in the gym and trying to get stronger every session that you have and you have a well smart session and you're working hard throughout that smart session and then on top of that you're in a caloric deficit you'll lose weight and probably get stronger there are very few athletes who are training for a, a sport that isn't weightlifting or powerlifting that are so strong that with weight loss they have to lose strength i'd argue that 99 percent if not 100% of the varsity athletes that aren't doing weightlifting or powerlifting can lose weight and increase strength at the same time. So it's but not you have like, to believe that. Right? Yeah. And research doesn't support that right now. Hmm. Why do you think? Because if you, with decreases in mass, typically you'll, you'll lose a percentage of muscle and a percentage of fat. And so then they go through that and they say you can't be on a decline and lose and increase strength. Right. But you can if you want to. I, I think you can if you want to. And regardless of if that's the truth or not, it will help me and my athletes more to have that perspective. Absolutely. It kind you know of goes back mean? to like the ice yeah. bath, right? Like if you actually think about it and yeah. you go through it, yeah, for sure. So, so I believe that to be the, the truth, but I, and I've seen it 
might not work for for everybody mm -hmm. but if you don't try it definitely won't what's the best way to lose calories straight up like when you go to the gym like just cardio straight like um on a, for exercise you mean yeah so that's a loaded question too yeah because <laughs> just throwing these out there like they're layups but <laughs> just pastoring with questions <laughs> The way that you burn calories, depending how hard you work in session, you'll continue to burn calories afterwards. So if you have a low intensity, long duration session, after you're done your session, you'll go back to your like basic basal metabolic rate faster than somebody who has a shorter but really intense session. Mm -hmm. It'll take them a little bit longer for that metabolic rate to come back down. So it depends on the intensity of the session. Like, you might not burn as much in session if you're doing sprints, but you'll be continuing to burn after compared to if you did like slow walking hmm. or walking on an inclined treadmill. Yes, this is my next question. What is going on with that? You see that everywhere in the gym now. You'll see the, the fat walk going. everyone calls it. Yeah, yeah. Incline, yeah. Incline That's walk. what I've heard people call it. Bodybuilders love it. Yeah, and you're just going for like 45 minutes. What I don't understand is if you do an incline on a treadmill and you put your hands like on the rail, like doesn't, doesn't that, that just away? cancel out the incline immediately? Well, <laughs> yeah, if you put your hands on the rail and then lean back. Of I always see people yeah. doing that. I'm like, what? just just walk. Yeah. Just go for a walk. And then it's inconsistent too, right? Because if you're pulling yourself up the treadmill, are you consistently pulling with the same pressure each right. time you go on? Or is the next time going to make it easier for yourself because you're going to pull yeah. harder? How know. do you know you're going to get better? Yeah. How do you know you're improving? So it's a myth? Um, like, we're not we're we're shattering myths. You by, <laughs> by myths. Like, it's myth if you go on it, you're still burning calories, right. but you're probably better off to go a little bit more intense, flatter. It depends what the purpose is, really. Right. But if that's if people do it because they like it and they'll do that for longer or more intense than they do yeah, something else, like go, go ahead. For it, yeah. Yeah. With like, if you'd rather have necessary twenty minute jog or forty five minute incline walk. I'd go 20 minute jog because yeah. I, I wouldn't rather do either. But yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it. One's half the time. Yeah, you got to do it yeah. just for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. I, this is a this is a last question I'll yeah. ask, and yeah, this sorry. has been a hilarious interview so far. I'll just keep so going good. all night, just <laughs> yeah, asking you personal questions for myself. Yeah, these have all been for me. But yeah. yeah. Um, this could be another one for me. Yeah. Not saying it is. Not saying it isn't. But this is one that uh, I think a lot of people have definitely thought about. I know I've had this conversation with a lot of people. Um, the myth of and I love to do it is throw on like sweats and a hoodie yeah. when I work out and like even if I'm lifting yeah. I've started to do that like I don't know I just think it gets my gets me sweating more and I feel like it must be like maybe I'm shedding LBs in this process <laughs> but I just I've always heard that it's like uh, it, essentially I've read that it does nothing for you but I've heard a lot of argument that I know it does but what what are your thoughts on like working out with sweaters on whatnot sweatpants um, I, I think two things first like now we're getting back to the same ice bath idea mm -hmm. if if you like it and when you wear a sweater to work out like you so happen to work harder that workout wear a sweater all the time yeah fine uh, the other thing i think uh, when we consider warm-ups we're doing multiple things when warming up one you could be priming the like neuromuscular patterns to go through whatever movements you have to go through another thing is you're physically warming your core temperature mm -hmm. so when you're wearing heavier clothing, it might be easier to increase your core temperature and maybe you feel better lifting with a higher core temperature than some other people. I refuse to lift in pants because they're too hot. Mm -hmm. I don't like it and I'll lift worse in pants because I don't like it. But there are other weightlifters, they make specific pants for Olympic weightlifting and they love them and they'll lift in pants all day long. Hmm. I can't lift in pants. Personal preference. Yeah. Right? I'm a shorts and sweatshirt kind of guy. I've started to try to get oh. into like the bulky like sweatpant, like cotton, oh, wow. yeah, cotton yeah. hoodie, Old school, maybe a like toque if I can find toque. one. And then I kind of find like, just think about it, when you play hockey, you're wearing all this gear. Mm. So now I'm like, well, I got my gear on in the gym now too. Let's <laughs> see with your shoulder pads next workout. Doing <laughs> you're going to see me fully dressed, with my skates on, the squat rack. Imagine jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, man, this has been awesome. This has been yeah. awesome questions. I've I've learned a lot just myself, so I appreciate you coming on. Hopefully, we'll it too. Yeah, this was good, and you know, and I hope maybe we get the chance to come on and talk again with maybe more of an. Maybe we'll organize some more questions that we just don't think of at the top of our heads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> screaming at you. So no, Caleb, this was awesome, and you're like a, a really smart guy that I think this athletic program is blessed to have yeah. working with them in a capacity, and I hope that to a capacity you keep doing that in the future, and um, you know, you're gonna have a great uh, impact on many athletes, many non-athletes, just anyone looking for help in this industry. I think you're the man, especially in this town. Like it's huge for 
them to have someone as knowledgeable as you at your age, and you're a very personable guy. So, you know, all the power to you. You're going to have a great career. I know that. And thanks again for coming on, my man. Yeah, thanks yeah. so much, man. Yeah. Much appreciate Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> buddy. Well, thanks, thanks again. Yeah. To Caleb Maddie. <laughs> Hands together, Salty. Give me a little clap. Thanks. <laughs> An absolute barrage of knowledge, if you will, Salty, <laughs> that I hope all of us will retain to the highest degree. Am I, I love right? it. Absolutely, man. I, like you said, I wanted to listen back into it because I was, well, obviously in the conversation, but I, it was so long ago that it was fun to go back and listen and learn even more because sometimes you forget things or you forget to pick up on things when you're trying to ask questions. No, exactly. Like I got my notepad out and I just jotted down Cornell notes on like the top five things that I think I can implement into my own fitness routine from that interview. So I think everyone should do that too. Probably, you know, put your best foot forward. <laughs> Love it. Well, folks, we're still locked in here. Me and Salty were talking about quickly um, when we were just patching over the interview. Um, there's some word, like I know Salty was saying, a lot of kids, soccer players, baseball would have been going on right now. Like these kids yeah. are probably realistically going to lose a season of sport. Yeah, it's sad, man. It's sad to think that like if this was me at 10, 11, 12 years old, I'd be crushed, man. Knowing I can't, especially like at that point, sometimes some of your soccer friends, you don't see them during the school year. You know, summer comes around, you get to to see everybody. You get, it's like a whole different life, you know, and you, it, being away from that for a full summer, a full year now would be horrible for these kids. And I was talk, actually talking to one of my, my mentors, the guys that I've coached with for a long time, and he's kind of, um, he's one of the head technical directors here in Ottawa. And he was mentioning, I was like, oh man, this is going to be horrible for kids. You know what I mean? Like they're, their physical literacy could go down, like missing a full year or a full summer or whatever case may be. And he kind of took the other side of it. And he was like, well, maybe this is good for them because maybe now they'll be forced to go outside and actually play with their friends and figure things out, like organize things by themselves and and just be on a ball in a different way and, and have less uh, parents around, no coaches. You know what I mean? Like the, maybe this this is a good thing for them, but we'll, we'll see. Either way, yeah. though, it's uh, it's going to be a shock to a lot of families and, and to a lot of the kids that are just trying to play at, play sports, man. Absolutely. No, I think that's a good point. What you just did say, I think in a lot of regards, hopefully if all these kids are cooped up, like they're not going to want to spend time on the Xbox and yeah, doing that stuff. They're going to want to get outside and, and maybe, you know, this time being away from sports will make them fall more in love with sports. I just really hope that, you know, we're not going to look and see kids missing a year of sport and then possibly not going back to it because they've missed it for a year. So that's, that's, that's what's scary. Concern. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is a kind of a fine line, right? Like, are they going to start to miss it or are they going to forget about it? So, I mean, nobody can really know about that, especially with this generation. No, we don't really know what's going to happen there, but hopefully, like you said, maybe they, they took sports for granted a little bit. And now that it's missing, they're going to start, you know, having that craving for it even more and more when it does come back, maybe more kids are out. Maybe we'll see what happens. But now, like, even if, you know, we were talking with our with our soccer academy, and they're saying, "Well, if uh, Ontario does decide to open it, it's still up to the family, right? Just like if it was a school, like the family can decide if they bring their kid or not, depending on different circumstances. So we might be losing kids to that to that side of it. So who knows when this all kind of comes back to normal? What's going to happen? But there's a lot of uh, circumstances around this. No, it really is. It's crazy, but obviously it impacts everyone in every walk of life. So yeah, just be exactly. nice to see when all this kind of gets over the hill. I mean, pretty trying times i don't think we're gonna forget this one for a while they'll be talking about this this yeah. period of time for years so 2020 is gonna be a this is something else that was talking about this too 2020 is gonna have a lot of research on it <laughs> that's for sure there's gonna be a lot of yeah scholarly articles on 2020 <laughs> yeah exactly yeah absolutely wild um this is totally random did you see how elon musk named his child yeah man i even saw the interview of him with joe rogan and he said apparently it was his wife that named him that so it's is it pronounced kyle i'm not i don't know the whole detail like i uh i wasn't fully paying attention to the interview to be completely honest with you but I, xaea-12 yeah he the, he said there was a meaning behind it and then it, it stir up a conversation about how conversation might be extinct in the next five to ten years or something like that and you know classic elon and joe rogan just kind of doing what they do on the podcast but um yeah it's very interesting and i don't know what's going to happen or if this will actually op does open a door for more of this stuff to come out maybe we'll see more of these names these hilarious names going on <laughs> yeah remember when the good old days when like celebrities are naming their kids orange and apple and stuff yeah those are the good days that was that was back when things were normal right <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> uh well what do you think there salt we had, i think we had a pretty good time here today this is a fun one man yeah it was a great interview a couple uh, it was nice to catch up with you hopefully we can we can do one soon. Yeah. And honestly, like 
we did say that we were just going to stop doing it on like the 14th of May originally, but <laughs> yeah. maybe we'll come out with a couple more. Like we got nothing else going on. I mean, yeah, exactly. I am not really technically a student, I guess, NIP anymore. Finished all my exams, <laughs> which is very weird. Yeah, um, how does that feel? It was honestly so uneventful because of like I literally was doing my exam on my laptop in my living room. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of weird. Like, you know, when I sent in that final exam, it didn't really feel like I was done. I definitely wish that I could have been like at the campus and, you know, in yeah. the classic sprint down the hall and just release my textbook papers to the sky <laughs> as I crossed the street. But I uh, didn't get to do that. But uh, I'm very happy to be done school. I mean, I did five years of it at NIP. So, nice. I mean, as much as I'll miss it, I think I'm ready uh, ready for some new things, you know? Spread your wings there, Harrison. I'm spread my wings and learn <laughs> how to fly. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, and hey, shout out to all the... You know, not just the student athletes, but just the students as well that are graduating. I know, unfortunately, we can't have a, a graduation, but maybe something down the road happens where we can still get reunited and celebrate the new student center too. You see those pictures coming out? I know, I haven't seen that. I wish I, I wish that was a year. I was done a year ago. Yeah, I know. I had my victory lap with the nice student center, but <laughs> hopefully one day I'll get back up there to see it. Yeah, hundred percent. We'll be we'll be linked back up there at a homecoming or something. We'll uh, we'll check it out. Absolutely. Well, I think this is all we'll do for this episode. I would say this week's episode, but episodes have just been coming out whenever we please. <laughs> so let's just call this one episode thirty-two. People in the books. <laughs> all right, my man. I'll talk to you soon. And uh, folks that are listening, very happy to have you. And uh, you know, maybe we'll have a couple more episodes coming out here in the near future for you. There you go. Stay steamy. <laughs> <laughs>